Start the movie, Pimo. It's a little awkward. Welcome to Sex Time. This is Kelly and it is just Kelly this time, which um, definitely isn't making me feel self-conscious at all. Um, I feel the need to explain (laughs) what has happened. Um, Initially, this is going to be a recording that had both Badger and Emily. You remember Emily from a few weeks ago where she joined us having not watched the episodes and being quite in her cups and it was um, a lot of fun to record. Um, What happened this week is that um, Badger's most beautiful guinea pig, most beautiful guinea pig in the world, um, veterinarian certified Bonneville, um, had surgery today and Badger is um, very focused on Bonnie's health and recovery, so she is not going to be joining us today. Um, Emily and I just spent about 45 minutes trying to make it work for her to record as well. Um, This was going to be the Emily Redemption Tour. Um, She watched the episodes. She is not in her cups even a little bit, Um, but the app, for some reason, we could not make it work. Uh, for not for lack of trying, we we attempted basically everything, restarting phones, um, trying from each other's phones, downloading an app for third party phone recording, which seemed really shady. And um, I should probably delete from my phone as soon as possible. It, it's just not going to work. Um, uh, she said hello. She wants um, to say hello to her fans. They're out there. We know it. We're fans of Emily, of course. Um, so it's just kind of a whole bunch of misfortune leading to, <laughs> um, sorry, it's just me tonight. Um, so I, I am Kelly and um, I have had some Pinot Grigio, but I've been drinking it very slowly while doing other things all evening. So I'm pretty okay and I just feel a little tired. I am currently petting one of my cats, and I'm in between um, coats of nail polish, so I think we're going to make this a pretty short one because it's really going to be mostly only my opinion. Um, Emily did send me her her notes, so I'll go through those, but I um, we're not going to have a whole lot to say because... I, I, I'm already getting sick of the sound of my own voice in this in this whole thing. I am also picking up a cat while we're doing this because she's trying to eat food that isn't hers. Because, as Badger would say if she was here, I have no control over my household. Okay. 
So let's begin. Oh, how are you, Kelly? Oh, so glad you asked. Just tired, just tired. Pretty much just tired. Okay, cats secured. So let's begin. The episode of Sex in the City we're watching today. Now, if you have been following along, you know that we are getting close to the end of season two for both of these shows, which would prompt from Badger a, we've been doing this too long comment, um, which feels very correct when you think about the show that we've watched. So, oh, I don't know what the episode number was, but the title is Le Delure Exquise, which is the exquisite pain and Carrie determines that she's in an S&M relationship with Big because he keeps hurting her and she keeps going back for it. Now, I think it's been pretty well established that I don't like know a lot about some of the subcultures of sexual fetish and things like that, but I feel like if it was an S&M relationship it would have some level of consent to the terms or things like that. So um, she's very much co-opting the term to talk about her pain or whatever. Um, but a quick rundown. Samantha is barely in this episode. She is a publicist and she's opening a restaurant that is an S&M themed restaurant. And that's basically the only scene that she's in. Uh, Miranda is dating a guy who gets off on getting caught while they're um, boning. Um, so that's weird and uncomfortable. Excuse me. That was a wine burp. Um, Miranda, oh, that's Miranda. Uh, Charlotte um, is on a budget because she's saving up for a summer share in the Hamptons, but she cannot help but fall in love with some shoes that the episode calls slingbacks, but they're not slingbacks. They're not. Um, they're slides, I believe, if you're going to call them anything. They're not slingbacks. They're not slingbacks. Um, the guy who works at the shoe store, played by James Urbaniak, who I probably just butchered his last name, but I think I'm pretty close. I saw him in a restaurant in L.A., Umami Burger, um, and I was a fangirl moment for me because he's Dr. Venture on Venture Brothers, which I think we can all agree we, we'd rather be watching than Sex in the City. Anyway, he's got a foot fetish, so he cuts her some deals on the shoes, and then she starts to realize how like weird and creepy it is, and he's basically getting off on her getting these shoes tried on, and it's a weird relationship, and she doesn't really quite understand how weird it is until she says it out loud to them. That's about it. Carrie's big storyline is that um, Big is going to Paris on business. And then um, he tells her as they are, as she's like helping him pack, that he might have to move there. And uh, he kind of wasn't planning on telling her until things were more definite. And she like has this major freak out that he is planning major life decisions without consulting her. She calls him drunk while he's in France and he's very patronizing to her and she's being immature because she's drunk and she feels wretched about it and she tries to apologize when he gets back from this trip and then he tells her like, 
because she says that I'll move to to France and we'll make it work, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, I, I want to make sure you're only moving to France for you. I don't want you to come along and have any expectations. And then she like flips out and throws McDonald's across his kitchen. Um, they have breakup sex and then it's over. Um, so no, notes on this particular episode. Um, we don't really have much to say about Samantha or Charlotte. Um, the foot fetish thing is what it is. Like maybe that is a workable thing for the both of them. And then Samantha's barely in it. Um, let's go through what Emily sent. Emily gave me a list of notes for the episode and they're all sex in the city notes, which is very helpful because what the hell else is there to say about this show? It is problematic. It is women who are my age, Badger's age. Um, I assume Emily's age. I'm assuming she's in our age range as well. And we're watching these women who are, we're, I feel immature in our own ways. Like we're never going to have apartments as clean as the women on Sex and the City, but at least we can like communicate with people without constantly compromising our own values because we don't want to make a bad impression on someone. So there's different levels of maturity at stake. So it's just very frustrating to watch women who are in their thirties going through these weird conversations and this inability to set boundaries with people and then getting so mad that people are not respecting a boundary you never set forth. And I just, I didn't, I had this like glamorized idea of what it would be like to be someone in this age group and wearing these fabulous clothes, which in retrospect are not that great and, and having these exciting relationships and being in a big city. And it's like, this is all just bullshit. Um, And I'm so sorry I made Badger watch all this, but those were the terms, and that's what we're doing. It's called sex time, not blank time. We're in this, and I think there are going to be moments that she gets some value out of this. But let's see what Emily had to say. Um, Emily says, Carrie is a child. Um, Yes, she gets drunk, and Rage calls her boyfriend. Um which the 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 age and size difference that they have he she looks like a little girl against him she's so much younger and he can pick her up and she just it it the power dynamic between the two seems strange from the get go just for those two reasons and and then she acts very immature sometimes um most of the time so yes a hard agree thank you emily Emily goes on, Big is remarkably not attractive. He needs facial hair. Parentheses, his chin is not pronounced enough to pull off bare face. I feel like I've seen this actor, Chris Noth, Chris Noth, Chris Noth, 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 Chris Noth. I feel like I've seen him with facial hair before, but I can't place it. I'm not sure if, um, if I agree with that assessment. Um... He's not my type, and I feel like Badger's assessment of this show is correct in that there are not very many attractive men on it. And moreover, not really that many attractive people. But whatever, let's not be shallow. Okay, Emily continues. WTF is with Miranda's hair. Hello, mullet. Uh, yes, we've been saying this for a while. Um, I feel like her styling was a bit nicer this episode. She was wearing... 
um, clothes that weren't so absurd. I kind of liked the top she was wearing when she was at the bookseller that had this um, geometric uh, necklace with it. And um, she was wearing one of those crazy, like, um, Mel C uh, athletic skirts that, like, had the ruching on the sides. It's a Spice Girls reference, so Badger may not get it, but um, just the kind of the weird drawstring clothing that people wore in the early 2000s. They just had to kind of throw that in there. But yes, her hair is way too long on the neck. The top part of it is a kind of flattering cut, but she needs... Okay, 2001 or 2000 Cynthia Nixon needs to visit 2018 Cynthia Nixon and just get that haircut because she's pulling off a very nice short haircut right now. Okay, this is the part I was um, really hoping to hear from Badger on and that um, Will Arnett is in the episode. He plays the guy that um, Miranda is seeing and Emily says, Will Arnett is well cast and hilarious. Although his character basically date rapes Miranda in front of his parents, which is horrible. Uh, yes, he gets off on being caught, um, and he's, he, she finally gets him to have the sex in his bedroom and she's like letting loose and it's great. And then his parents, um, it becomes clear his parents are home and he continues with the bonin while the parents are making their way in. And she's very clearly like uncomfortable with this. She did not agree to the terms of this. She is not, you know, an exhibitionist like that. Um, I would be upset as well. Um, <laughs> and then Emily adds, why do the parents watch them fucking so long? Uh, yeah, the parents just kind of stare in disappointment, um, as if this is not the first time that that's happened, which it would f make sense if they didn't act like they didn't understand what the sex noises were. They were concerned. They heard sex noises and thought someone was hurt or something. It was very obviously sex noise. Okay. Um, Emily adds, they all dress like teenage girls. Yeah, especially Charlotte in this episode. She wears this little, like, oh, white cotton um, tank top with, like, a little empire waist. And she looks very, I don't know, Sweet Valley High in it. But, yeah, a lot of them dress like the teenagers. Um, <laughs> shoes from the 90s were ugly. And so were 90s shoe salesmen. Uh, you clearly don't know who Dr. Venture is, Emily. I'm not gonna, I don't know what to do with that comment. Okay. Emily continues. Carrie is infinitely frustrating and self-absorbed. Big is an asshole, but at least he is honest about who he is. Carrie holds wildly unrealistic expectations of him slash them. Agree. Not much to add. Um, I would rather... I would have rather seen more of Samantha's kinky escapades. Yeah, she had like nothing to do in this episode. She was at the restaurant opening and that was it. She probably hooked up with a waiter or another patron. There's probably some interesting fun stuff happening there. Um, she adds, Carrie has no clue about S&M dynamics. Hey, that's what I said. I didn't even read this note when I said that. This is clear when she equates it all to pleasure and pain in her lame closing block entry. <laughs> and then Emily ends, Adventure Time is way better. So I think that is about all that we're going to say about that episode. Um, pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> um, I just realized I don't know if I am recording this at a loud enough volume. 
So sorry. Um, at least one of the critiques of our recordings is that sometimes the volume can vary between me and Badger. At least it'll be a consistent volume, whatever volume you're getting right now, because it, it's just me here, um, me here all alone. Okay, let's talk about Adventure Time. So the first episode we watch is Video Makers. Um, and of the two episodes, I enjoyed this one far more. Um, the basic premise is that we learn that um, Finn is uh, lawful good to a fault <laughs> when he, um, well, maybe like all of the people in the Candy Kingdom are, but they have a weekly movie night with a lot of the locals, including like Lumpy Space Princess and Princess Bubblegum and Bimo plays the video and um, a few other characters, the um, worm that lives in Jake's Fiola and all that. Anyway, they're they're playing the movie and the um, like the FBI warning, the generic version of that pops up and someone actually says like, hey, what does that actually say? And they find out that, you know, federal law prohibits the public display of these movies and that's it, puts the kibosh on their whole movie night. Um, they want to continue with movie nights and so Finn says, we're going to make a movie um, and Bimo's going to be holding the camera and Jake and Finn are going to direct. So the first um, bit of footage that they gather is just kind of like the organic footage of what's going on in the Candy Kingdom. And it reminded me so much of the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou when they are um, just out in the Arctic and they are getting some footage of nature and it's just kind of like organic and happening and um, kind of charming seeing people in their natural environments and catching um, candid moments and um, Finn and Jake get bored of that pretty quickly and they determine that they need to actually like construct a story. Um, and this is where they're at loggerheads because um, Jake would like it to be a romantic comedy and Finn would like it to be action adventure. So they continue to record and they have um, BMO there and continue to have these like arguments about what the nature of the film should be. Um, and BMO's getting increasingly um, kind of uncomfortable with that. Um, for those of you who have not watched Adventure Time, BMO is kind of like an 8-bit-ish like video game console. Um, and the song that is at the beginning of this episode is from what what BMO eventually constructs. So Finn and Jake continue to argue and um, put pressure on BMO for like getting the best footage and making sure it's their particular vision. And BMO um, kind of like shuts down and doesn't engage with them and um then the movie night happens and Finn and Jake haven't seen the video at all and it plays and it is essentially BMO um you hear the song at the beginning of this episode so you know exactly what BMO says BMO is um imploring them to stop fighting and um there's some sweet footage of like scratching each other's backs and that sort of thing um and Everybody who's watching the movie is very pleased with it, and they can't wait for the next movie night, and Finn and Jake reconcile. So um, it was uh, creative, and um, I I like that they had separate visions and event, and like started with kind of like a more reality-based look at 
um, their reality as real as it could be for, you know, being a fictional universe in which all humans are dead, except for Finn. Um, so it was charming. Um, I think I do appreciate sometimes seeing a little bit of tension between Finn and Jake. Um, I think that is natural. Uh, (laughs) I think Badger can speak to that. Sometimes, um, the person with whom you are constantly in communication because they are your, um, platonic life partner or whatever, you know, sometimes it can be fraught just because, you know, you still retain your two individual personalities and you get through it. Not everybody is going to agree 100% of the time. So I, I liked seeing that kind of depiction of friendship is that it's not always going to be perfect sync um, with, with you know, visions and dreams and creative projects and things like that. Um, I also liked the increased presence of BMO um, from what Badger has said. I think we're going to see more of BMO in the future. Um, and I always enjoy that sort of presence. I will say that um, the lumpy space princess presence in this episode made me feel very seen, not in a good way. She's drinking a diet cola, I believe, which is so on brand for me. And um, she complains about her seat being stolen, even though there are no assigned seats. And that's very me. I'm checking on a cat right now because I think he's trying to attack a moth and he's failing. Get inside, please. Can you get inside? Can you go inside? Go inside. Go inside. Go. Get inside. He's inside. Okay. I just don't want my cat chasing a moth off of the balcony and into the wild vast field behind my home. Okay, the final episode we watch, I have to look at the title, is Mortal Folly. Um, And this one I had, I watched both episodes twice, but this one I don't really remember much of (laughs) from the first time I watched it. Excuse me, I'm going to get a sip of my wine right now. See, when Badger is here, I do that while she's talking, but I have no one. I'm all alone right now. Um, Mortal Folly is um, uh, Princess Bubblegum becomes aware that uh, there's this awakening of the Lich. Uh, It's the first part of a two-part episode, and we haven't watched the second part yet, that... um, the Lich is, uh, has been beaten by Billy previously, who I think we met in season one. Um, and Finn and Jake have been trusted to go on this mission. And the, the Lich was encased in the heart of a tree in this like amber orb, but a snail breaks it open. And then um, the Lich goes free and Finn and Jake need to like save the day. But then the fucking Ice King shows up and wants their blessing so that he can marry Princess Bubblegum and then she'll finally love him. So they're like in the middle of resolving this crisis and the Ice King is like, but what about my thing? Um, And then they refuse to give him 
their blessing. And so he kidnaps Princess Bubblegum because he tried to do it the right way. And they said no, um, instead of respecting the wishes of the people that he had asked for this permission of, um, when he is given the answer he doesn't like, he just kidnaps the princess. So, um, <laughs> like, I feel like Badger would be so much better at explaining this than I, than I am, but, um, more or less, uh, the Lich has these abilities to, um, get in the minds of the people who he wants to control. Um, Princess Bubblegum had given them these protective pieces of jewelry to prevent that, but um, Finn's uh, falls off and the Lich gets in his mind, but um, Bubblegum um, gave him a sweater to keep him from being cold. And from that, he has this source of power from being cared about. So, as this continues, um, Finn rallies and, um, he eventually, uh, climbs up onto the Lich and defeats the Lich using the sweater, uh, threading it through the eye sockets and then busting the skull apart. Um, and then, uh, that is resolved. And then the Ice King is like, everything's okay, I guess. So I'm gonna, um, I'm going to let Princess Bubblegum go. And he dissolves the um, blocks of ice that were binding her feet in her hands. And then she falls directly into this pit that is, I think, something to do with, like, the Lich's source of power. Badger is going to probably cut me for how poorly I am explaining this right now. But I did watch it, and I watched it twice. Um, and the episode ends, and this is the first time that it's this abrupt of a cliffhanger. Prince, Princess Bubblegum has fallen into this um, green pit of liquid, and uh, the Ice King is like, I just, I, whoops, got the dropsies, and um, everybody else's mouths are agape, and that's it. <laughs> um, so I feel like had we maybe planned things a little bit better, we would probably have watched this episode and the one that will follow it, which I've yet to see. Um, if we had watched them together, uh, we could probably have a bit better of a conversation. Um, maybe we'll refer back to this episode when we talk about the um, the next one, which will continue this, this story. Um, this one did not draw me in quite as much as the movie makers one. It wasn't as cute. Um, it wasn't as funny. Um, but I did appreciate some things about it. Um, I did appreciate that they really played it up the, the Ice King's inability to like read a situation. Like he obviously does not know how to take no for an answer but he doesn't realize that he's interrupting something that is vastly more important than his desires to marry a princess. Um, and I think everybody has had those moments where you're dealing with something that is like crisis level important, but somebody's like, I need your opinion on what shoes I should buy. And you're like really trying to communicate to them how their thing is really not the most important thing at that point in time. Um, usually trying to salvage 
the feelings of the other person, um, Finn and Jake are like straight up like throwing shit at the Ice King and like shooting. So Finn's wearing the hand of Billy that has like this magical eye on the back and it can like shoot like these laser type things. He's like shooting this at the Ice King and Ice King's like, I don't get it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's, I think, pretty true to the character of the Ice King. So we will, um, we we will see how that, how that goes when we talk about that again. And, um, hopefully, hopefully next time when we get, um, everything going, it's going to include Badger. (laughs) Um, because I think for all things Adventure Time, we really need her. Um, I can't do this alone. I've heard podcasters who do solo stuff and I super admire what they do because this is, it's awkward and weird and uncomfortable. Um, and I, I work best with someone to bounce my jokes off of. Cause like right now I've got nothing, which means I'm a really poor source of material to work with. I not, not great. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to wrap up that topic and then just get into the last bit of what we um, almost always do. I'll give this a really scandalous title so people actually listen to it. And then it's like, gotcha, which is always fun. So um, pop culture recommendations. Um, Oh, what have I actually been watching that's not called The Midwife? Kind of nothing. Um, I will say that right now I am becoming increasingly aware of how much, um, plastic I consume in my household and that I am concerned, um, for how much I'm contributing to the issues of disposed plastic and and things like that. I'm not going to say ban the straw because I um, realize that there's a lot more to it than uh, one single item. But every time I use a disposable fork, um, when I could have brought silverware from home, I'm starting to die a little inside. So um, I guess my pop culture recommendation is social awareness and environmentalism. Um, and I'm going to be taking some steps to try to reduce how much plastic I use. Um, and then how much plastic I throw away. I will be still buying some like bulk grocery items and I'll be getting them in the plastic bags if they come in because I can reuse those for, um, cat litter box cleaning purposes. But I'm going to remember my, my reusable grocery bags for the whole order, um, buy a lot less packaged stuff and just cut down on how much plastic overall I'm purchasing. Um, so that's where I am right now. Um, if Badger were here, her pop culture thing would probably be a comic book. I, um, let's just say that she's going to recommend books with pictures. Yep. That's probably right. Because even if she's got a specific one in mind, she's going to be getting it from books with pictures and, that's her favorite thing and she loves them and I have not gone yet because I am not super into graphic novels or comic books. I've read some. It's fine. It's not really for me, but uh, uh, that's probably what Badger would be talking about. 
Or maybe she saw a movie and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She's been busy this week. We haven't had much time to talk. It's been difficult. Um, okay. And then finally, let's do our thank yous. Um, I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to say thank you to my kitties because they have both been so good, even though it didn't sound like it during the recording of this episode. We've been having some issues with, um, cat pee in the house and I thought it was a medical issue and it turns out it was just a cat being an asshole, but it looks like that's been dealt with. And so I'm pretty happy that I can trust both my cats not to make a mess in my house. Even though I'm the only one who would have to endure it, it's still a pain. So I'm quite pleased that they are being good. Um, I will do a thank you to Emily, who tried very hard to be a part of this recording tonight. Um, Emily, yes, 100% agree. We will do something to have you on again. We can record in person. We'll figure something out. Um, I want to thank Badger because um, she's uh, trusting whatever happens without her present for there to be something that's not going to totally embarrass her. Um, joke's on you, I guess. I She might listen to this because she's not on it, so she may be curious. I don't know. Um, but Badger, we are, my kitties and I are thinking of you and Bonnabelle and all of your um, fur babies and hope that you are doing some good self-care um, because you need it. You need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your babies. Um, and then I'm going to say, um, shout out to Kristen whose birthday is coming up and maybe there's going to be a possibility. I'm going to remember to email a certain podcast that we both listen to to see if I can get you on the Blur's Day shout out. But if I can't get that to happen, because who knows if they're actually going to read all the emails, this is your Blur's Day shout out on this podcast. <laughs> the one with way fewer listeners. Um, and then uh, I don't know who else is actually still listening. <laughs> um, some people are. There's at least plays on each episode. I don't know how many people are sticking with the whole thing. Um, God bless you if you do, because um, most weeks this is probably garbage. Um, okay, and before everything is ended, we have a few things coming up. Um, Badger and I are still scheduled to go do the Beat the Blurch this weekend, um, and we will um, do our best to record an episode together while we watch the Great British bake off and then um we'll also be hopefully back to normal next week for both of us to be on a recording doing what we had hoped to um hopefully bonnie will be in better health so that um her mom can take a little bit of time away to do this with me um well and finally um thank you so much for listening if you did we can be um, found online at SextimePod on Twitter and SextimePodcast on Facebook. And then Emily was supposed to make us an Instagram, I guess, because she kind of indicated that she would. I uh, don't think it's happened yet. If it has, we don't know about it. But 
uh, I can guarantee that on Facebook and Twitter, if you interact with us, we'll interact right back at you. So thank you. Um, thank you for putting up with this half hour and some change of me rambling. Um, hopefully I did it some justice. Oh, um, let's real quick, real quick. Act as if Badger is here. Hey, Badger, what's your favorite color? Um, I like the color of men's blood as it's running in the streets. Cool. Um, Badger, what's your favorite movie? I replay a lot of scenes in my head of when men get murdered in films. <laughs> oh, this is a lot funnier when I thought of it earlier. Okay. I'm really sorry for that last minute. And I don't think Badger's going to hear it. But if she does, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Badger. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with a more um, standard episode next week. Um, This was a really weird period of time for me, and I hope that I didn't embarrass myself. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.